and welcome to this 344th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Mike Jansen and Chris Fluke with you. If you folks remember, and I certainly hope you do, because you don't get to get this quality of a guest on every day. Uh, we're talking about a former three-time National Hockey League All-Star, a guy who played 17 seasons in the National Hockey League, most notably his nine-plus years spent with the Los Angeles Kings. He's one of five players in National Hockey League history to have scored 150 points in a season. Unbelievably, he's the only one of the five that are not in the Hall of Fame, and I think we've got to do something about that. But we'll talk about that stuff later. But I want to introduce our very special guests coming in again, joining us from Las Vegas, the one-time Los Angeles King and a guy that I have immense respect for. We welcome to the program a friend of our little program, Mr. Bernie Nichols and from Las Vegas. Bernie, good afternoon, and how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Good to be back on. Looking forward to it. Well, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Obviously, we want to talk about your business venture, which is now about a year in production. Um, when I talked to you last June, um, the first question I posed to you was simply, uh, you know, how is this going to happen? I mean, this was such – I was so impressed, Bernie – because I love the freedom and the sense of ownership that you're offering with this site. This, this site being all sports market where you don't gamble. What you do is you invest in a team. And there are some teams that are better to invest in than others. Obviously, if you're going to invest in the NBA with the Golden State Warriors, probably not going to make as much coin as if you make if you invest, let's say, now in the Cleveland Cavaliers post-LeBron James. But we've got the boss on the phone, and I wanted to ask you, because, again, I remembered I listened to our interview from episode 200 a couple days ago. And when we sat down with you to do episodes 200 and 201, my first question to you was, were or what were some of your biggest concerns as you launch all sports market? And my question then, 12 months later, are some of those, still, uh, some of those concerns still out there, Bernie, or have you and your team rectified any concerns you've had about all sports market as we speak now here in 2019? Well, probably the first one, um, we're obviously, we're trying to regulate it uh, to have a, like a running market. And uh, the biggest hurdle we run into is they still see it as gambling. And as much as we show them, it's not uh, when you make an investment, when you make a bet, uh, your bet will expire right. whenever the game is the game it's over uh, I think and you mentioned it earlier with uh, most states now legalizing gambling that kind of helps us to probably to get it regulated or other people looking at it because that that will eliminate the gray area mm -hmm. if you're allowed to gamble you're not allowed to gamble even though we're not gambling I think it uh, it will take it away from that uh, people at least thinking, well, regardless if it is or it isn't, even though it's not, right. uh, it, it won't matter. And I still think our, our biggest hurdle or obstacle is getting the word out still. Sure. Um, you know, we don't have the money. We're, we're hopefully uh, working on getting that. We're, we're meeting with a lot of people right now uh, and working on getting the money to, to market it the way it should be like other companies do. Uh, because like I say, when I sit down, like I talk to you guys or talk to other people and explain it to them, most sports people are fascinated by it. And, uh, 
uh, I've said different times. And, w- and when you talked about pricing on uh, different teams, regardless what city you're in, how good or bad your team is, every true fan is going to want to be have a piece of their team, whether it's the worst team in the league or the best team. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the cool thing about this one is, is when you have uh, money on your team, like you say, whether it's bad or good, you still look around the league and, and you look at a, a team that you think is going to do well in, in baseball, for example. If if you're a, a Dodgers fan and, and you got shares in the Dodgers, well, you look around the league and you see the New York Yankees have a homestand and uh, they got terrible teams coming in for the next three weeks. Well, buy some shares in them. Uh, if they go 18 for 20, you get paid dividends on every win. Uh, obviously, their shares will go up a, a little bit. Turn around, sell them, look for another team. And you can do that in hockey. You can do that in uh, football. It doesn't matter what you do. And meanwhile, you still have shares in your own team, but you have action. And, and you get to watch your team perform every night. So that part to me is a fascinating part. Uh, and like I said, true fans are still going to have investment in their team. And, and what's better than get to watch your investment perform every night? And, and we allow that. Hey, Bernie, Chris Fluke here. Welcome back to the program. Nice to talk to you again. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so what I have been wanting to ask you, because a lot of our listeners who did sign up for All Sports Market after we had you on the show, what they're realizing is, of course, the ideal thing to find out is who's going to be that team that nobody's taking seriously and who's going to, you know, all of a sudden explode. You think about someone like the LA Rams a few years ago went from nobodies to being in the Super Bowl all of a sudden this year. So in your personal opinion, who do you think are some of the teams that you might have your eye on that you might recommend for some of our listeners who are on all sports market? I would think of some teams like maybe the Edmonton Oilers, maybe the New York Jets, teams that are going to, I think, play above expectations, hopefully, in the coming year. Not just in the microwaves that you're mentioning where maybe a homestand, someone's looking for these sort of get in and get out things, but over the long term, is there some sort of team right. that you're maybe got your eye on or two in in hockey or in other sports that you think is going to really just in your own opinion is going to uh, outdo expectations that you think would be a really good buy low candidate on all sports market right now and to me that's one of the most fascinating part about all sports market everybody because you know you're talking to all sports fans right and they all know more than everybody you know what i mean and, and they all love to play gm uh and this is their opportunity to do that you know, for me, uh, like I said, a couple of years ago, if we'd have launched it when the Edmonton Oilers drafted Connor McDavid. What what a great time to buy shares in the Edmonton Oilers because they were the worst team in the league. They they end up getting the number one draft choice. To me right now, uh, and if you could, could have done that a year or two ago, is to invest in uh, Cleveland Browns. I think they're going to have a, a really good team this year. Uh, they've signed new players, and then that's the thing too. When you see a team that signs a good player or makes the trade for a player or two, which uh, Cleveland has done that, they've signed some really good players, and to me, they're going to maybe be the best team in that division this year. So there was an opportunity there. Um, I still think in hockey with Edmonton, they made uh, GM uh, change. Uh, They'll make a coaching change. I think within time, they they do have, you know, maybe the best player in the NHL right now. You build around him. Their their shares and stock can only go up, in my opinion. So, 
there's a couple. Um, but that's the fun part about all sports market is you get to look around the league and if it's not your team, there'll be another team that will catch your eye. Um, you know, you mentioned the Jets. They got a really good young quarterback. It may take him a couple years, but they're adding pieces to that. There's a team that's been at the bottom of the league for a long time, but I think it's about time that they're going to start making strides to be much better. So uh, you look at a team like that, but that's the fun part, like I said, about all sports market is you get to do that. You get to play the market every day, but the good thing about when you're playing our market is you get to watch teams and, and you get to see the deals that are being made and um, and then you get to go from there. So that, that to me is the fun part about it. If you are just joining us, we have been graciously joined by former National Hockey League All-Star Bernie Nichols as he talks about his new business adventure, venture I should say, and maybe it is an adventure for sure, all sports market. And Bernie, I I know we talked about this last year, but I, I think I want to bring it up again, and that simply is, of all the things, and I, again, I remember this from our discussion last June, but one of the things that uh, you were very proud of is how this site and this app can promote financial literacy in kids, because not only can they have some fun doing this, but they can obviously learn something from this, and and. Can you maybe tell our listeners out there why this is so important to you and your team down there with All Sports Market? Well, that's um, we have two sides to it. We have the real money side and we have the, the fake side. And the, the idea and the concept of the fake side was to teach people financing through sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of older people, too, that can learn from it. And to me, that was a very... Uh, valuable part of, of what we do but i think it, it's great for for kids it's great for companies it, it's just you know to learn through sports i think it's uh it, it's really pretty fascinating to me and and it, it's probably more fun for people to to learn that way so uh when they brought that in and i think that's one of our biggest selling points to uh when we talk to professional teams to get in their community and to help kids in school and younger kids to to learning financing and and this is a a big selling point to all sports market that we have bernie one question i have is that if this gets big like uh, we're all hoping that it does here for a number of different reasons are you ever concerned about being knocked off and if so do you guys have a strategy in place to uh, sort of thrive in the face of that kind of competition obviously there's tons of sports betting sites out there there's always no matter what the what industry you're in if you have a good idea like this right. is and you have success other people are going to want to get in the game to borrow a, a line from sports select so do you have a strategy to combat competition is there any competition right now and what's your overall strategy going forward to uh, thrive in the face of potential competition well we have patents on this so uh, it shouldn't be able to be knocked off the way we have it. Uh, obviously, there's other sites out there. There's fantasy sports. Um, there's just flat-out gambling sports. There's FanDuel, DraftKings. Uh, none of them do it what we do, and, and that's fine. To me, what we have is unique. Uh, there's nothing out there like it. Um, we, we try to promote investing instead of gambling. I've told this story before. Um, I was in Chicago playing. I was gambling. We were gambling football. We were gambling basketball. And, and I tell people this day, there's nothing worse 
than going to meet your bookie on a Tuesday morning with an envelope full of hundred dollar bills. <laughs> and that's, that's what happened. You know, I, I can tell you that I, I, that was me. I was there. Uh, it's not fun. And they're building billion dollar buildings every day in Vegas here. And it's not because of people coming in winning, you know? So to me, gambling, you're going to get gamblers and, and, and we welcome everybody. Uh, it's like Pepsi or Coke or a beer company. There's more than one of them out there, but, for us, we're saying just try what we have. Um, it's different. You, you can invest in your team. Uh, it's not gambling. You, you're not losing your investment when when you bet. It. You can take your money out anytime you want. Um, but to me, and and you still get the excitement. You know, when you're watching your team perform every night, I don't need to have ten thousand dollars on the game. If, if you and I go play golf today and we want to bet you know, bet a dollar, bet 10 bucks, whatever. I just want to beat you. I just want your prize. You know, I don't care about your money. So the people that like the action, you don't need to have a lot of money on it to, to get excited. Bernie, um, for people that are just tuning in or new to, to unscripted and are just getting their first indoctrination, if you will, their first lesson about all sports market, just correct me if I'm wrong, but they can both they can participate both via online and via an app that they can put on their phone. Correct? That's right. Um, we have a an app that you can uh, sign up on, or you can go online and you know. To me, you go online and you sign everything up and you get it ready. But you're on your phone. You can play it on your phone when you're traveling, or uh, you know, show your your buddies how the app works. You you download the app and, and you go through everything there. So I, I have to ask this question and, and every, every startup company and my wife has been involved in startup phone companies. And, uh, I've been in, uh, involved in many, uh, startup development projects in regard to residential, uh, real estate, uh, building subdivisions, whether it's single family or multifamily homes with a commercial, uh, phase in each development. So I know about startups. I know how frustrating it can be. I know how much money is dedicated to these projects. But if somewhere, someone were to come to you prior to this time last year and knowing what you know now and everything that you've been through this first first year, if someone came to you with this idea again, would you do it again? Would you go through it all again? Or maybe you'd maybe change some things, but would you go ahead and proceed with all sports market knowing what you know now, if you had the ability, if we had the ability to do a time travel thing, would you do all sports market again? Oh, absolutely. Um, like I said, uh, it's fascinating. Uh, obviously there's hurdles along the way. There's people trying to um, hijack you along the way per se. Um, or knock you down there's certain steps you know you're trying to make that they, they won't let you now but you know we've all went through that and now we can do it sort of thing so um obviously you'd like to have it up and running the way we we vision it but we all think it, it's still going to get there and when it does to me uh, the end result is, is worth it it's like you know you can't appreciate winning until you lose and uh that makes you better uh you learn from from your mistakes and and obviously we've learned a lot along the way but i think that the end result when we get there it's going to 
you know, we, you won't even remember all, all the tough times we've had. Bernie, I wanted to know what are some of the statuses you have with some uh, potential partnerships in uh, other fields or other industries even. Do you, have you done a lot of outreach when it comes to maybe working with, let's say, recovering gambling addicts or something where this, since it's not gambling, this could be sort of a way that people can still get that experience and that excitement and not have to actually gamble or working with schools when it comes to financial literacy and that type of training or just working with the sports leagues themselves. What are some of the uh, interesting partnerships that you've looked at or may have already formed uh, with other uh, industries and other companies? Well, we've talked to, uh, you know, different teams about working with their community uh helping the kids out um you know i think a lot of times with us the ceo is he thought uh kind of the gambling part he didn't want uh them to legalize the gambling he wants to shut that down but to me you're 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 never gonna you're never gonna stop people from gambling but to give them another alternative which we have that i think they uh they, they do that and they'll have a a greater appreciation for what we have compared to the, the amount of money that they're spending gambling every day. Uh, if, you know, if you can get someone that stopped gambling $10,000 a weekend on, on football to maybe a thousand or something like that, just change it a little bit where their, their money's gone somewhere else, a little safer or something to me, that's a win. Um, so, you know, I think anything that we can do for that, and like you say, we, we talked about the kids and, and, and we're really trying to push that in, in different communities and different sports uh, leagues to, to help them with their kids in their community. I, I know we've talked to um, the New Orleans Saints and, and that area there uh, to help the kids. The kids have really struggled in that department. And for us to go in and, and kind of help in schools and communities like that, to me, that's, that's a big plus for us. We like, and it's giving back, you know, it's giving back. And, and to me, uh, where, where you're talking about gambling and this and that, it's just win loss money, this and that we're as much as ours is, is like a stock market, but we still get back to the kids and the communities. And I, and I think that's, um, a lot better than the gambling side. Again, if you are just joining us, uh, where the hell have you been? We've got a really special guest here today, and we're proud to say that former National Hockey League All-Star and president of All Sports Market is joining us on the phone via from Las Vegas, Mr. Bernie Nichols. And Bernie, I'm just going to remind people to, if you aren't familiar, please, folks, I think this is a great thing. It uh, teaches it has a lot of different valuable learning lessons with it. And the easiest way I would imagine to get started, because this is the way that I got started, was just go to www.allsportsmarket.com, follow a very good website, and you'll be able to understand what we're talking about. And uh, we will certainly have Bernie and other members of his team on future episodes of Unscripted, because A, we respect the hell out of this man, and uh, we also think that this is a really good idea that they've come up with, and we want to continue to be a part of it. But when you've got a three-time All-Star on the line and you're right in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's only apropos to ask a guy who knows a little bit about the Stanley Cup playoffs about what's going on. And my first question as we switch gears and take a look at these ongoing playoffs 
I got to ask you, Bernie, do you think, realistically, do you think Gary Bettman is having sleepless nights if he thinks about a potential St. Louis and Carolina Stanley Cup final for television ratings? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, maybe not so much St. Louis. Uh, it's a pretty good sports town, but um, Carolina for sure, yes. Don Cherry up here, obviously you know who he is. Uh, obviously, love former Don. coach. Former, absolutely, we all love Don and and uh, and what he's meant to this game and what he means to a society up here in Canada and in the United States as well. Um, and I've had the pleasure of interviewing Don Cherry on many occasions, and I just think the world of the man. But he seemingly has had a bit of a problem with the celebration this year after the Carolina Hurricanes victories. And they, to me, they only seem to happen, obviously, on home ice. They, they happen after the other team has cleared the ice, after they've lost the game. Um, I think it adds something. I don't know what it is. It, adds, it, it just adds a spark of life. It's something you haven't seen before in the great game of hockey. But what is your feelings about the Carolina Hurricanes post-game celebration on ice? Are you against it? Are you for it? Don't really care? What is your feeling? Uh probably don't really care but i understand what they're doing and i understand don you got to remember uh god love him and i do he's uh he's old school yep. you know like he he wasn't big he's still not a big fan of celebration on goals that's you correct. know yep. he's used to to nifty middleton and, and i still see him nifty scores he just puts the stick up in the air and puts it down that's it you know no celebration uh but and that and that's fine too but I think I understand what they're doing. They're a small market team. They're trying to get their, their fans involved and it has. Um, so, you know, when and you go to any city, you know, obviously you don't have to do it in Canada because like the Toronto Maple Leafs, as bad as they were for years, you still couldn't get a ticket to a, a Toronto Maple Leaf game because they're all Leafs nation. They're hockey crazy. They love the Leafs. But for a, a team like that, a small market team that struggled with fans, they come up with a way to try to, you know, interact with the fans, get the fans more involved and have fun with it. Uh, there's a lot of young kids on uh, Carolina's team. So it made it easy for them to come up with little things after the game. Uh, damn, they had, I think, Orvando Holyfield out there one night, you know, uh, interacting with them. So. Whatever it takes to me, like, like, and I always said, um, I don't like seeing cities in, in the National Hockey League or any sport that don't support it. Like, I, I've watched games in Florida through the week. There's not five, 6,000 people in the stands, Carolina. And, you know, I'd put five teams in Toronto uh, if, if they're going to support it. You know, they were talking about Hamilton. Uh, if they sell that out every night, and I'm all for it. Like wherever you put a, a, a franchise, as long as they support it, I'm good. So to me, whatever it takes to get it. And I know these guys come up with something after games and they do it at home. They're respectful for the, the other teams or wait till they're gone. They don't do it on the road because it's, it's for their fans. It's to let the, the fans interact with the players. So I'm okay with that. Bernie, I, I had to ask this because I heard you just say it in your last answer, and, and I have been a huge proponent on this program and other programs that I've done on Friends of Mine programs in the States, and I am a 1,000% a 
in your thought process in regard to having these National Hockey League games being played in front of 20,000 fans disguised as empty seats. I think it's disgusting. I have been a proponent for a long time that we should move the Florida Panthers to Quebec City in a beautiful new, brand new, state-of-the-art arena in Quebec City. I think that they... The Quebec people have proven that they would support a team. I also oh, would take absolutely. I would also take a floundering team, attendance-wise, i.e., maybe the Arizona uh, Arizona Coyotes, and move them yeah. to Hamilton and put a second team in that in that uh, Toronto hockey market as you as you've just described. But I think the worst thing for me, as you're trying to still sell the game of hockey south of the Mason-Dixon line in my home country, it does nobody any service to have professional athletes skating in front of 20,000 empty seats. And I think that my proposal of putting a team back in Quebec City and a second team echoing what you're saying, having a second team in the GTA, I think you'd have a lot more stable franchises and that overall it's better for the National Hockey League game if we've got 30 or 31 or potentially now 32 with the new Seattle franchise. It's a hell of a lot better to have 32 strong markets than 26 and maybe six bad ones. Well, I've said for a long time as well, Quebec deserves a team. Uh, From what I've been told, they have an amazing owner there. They built a beautiful arena, and trust me, the fans there would support it 100%. That no thing would be sold out every night. Uh, you know, Hamilton anywhere. I don't like the idea of Florida either. They they got to move Arizona. The league has uh, run Arizona for years. Right. Uh, so they obviously playoffs are different. They when they were in the playoffs, they would come out and support it but i mean for 40 home games for the most part half the time the place is empty weekends maybe if a canadian team's in there or something but i'm not a big fan of that so if you can support a team you can put it anywhere i'm all for it but if if the people don't support it move it somewhere it is and i know the commissioner probably doesn't want to have 10 teams in in canada even though we would support it up there i know we would you can put, you could go east as far as that goes, and and they'd sell out every night. So, um, but I mean, it is what it is. I'm like you. I, I'm devastated to to watch a game, and I remember watching Florida one night with the Stanley Cup when Pittsburgh had won the cup the, the year before. They're in their best team in the league, and you, and to my opinion, the best player in the world, and. Uh, place isn't false so i struggle with that yeah bernie i'm from saskatchewan and uh, i i think you could put a team in saskatoon and the, oh, the per sure. capita attendance would be yeah. through the charts and it'd blow people away i think honestly oh no for sure you could put it in any like victoria bc sure. you know little, little towns like that the place would be sold out every it doesn't matter anywhere in canada halifax uh yeah good one. you know out out east there like they would support it, hundred percent. Not a yeah, chance yeah. they would anywhere in Canada. I'm telling you, absolutely. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And so, my my personal last question for you today, Bernie, would be this: the big news in the NHL this week, other than the Stanley Cup playoffs, of course, was the Edmonton Oilers hiring of Ken Holland as general manager and president of hockey operations. 
in that city. Now, of course, I'm a lifelong Edmonton Oilers fan. I was born the same year that the Oilers NHL iteration was born in 79, and I've been there the whole time in terms of as a fan. Now, you are a former Edmonton Oiler, and uh, a lot of the criticism these days from the current fans, because I read the online stuff all the time, and the cur- one of the current problems that the modern fan has is an over... Um, shall we say, an over-celebration of the dynasty guys. So, you know, the boys on the bus, whatever you want to call them, once an oiler, always an oiler, that whole thing. So, number one, do you think that that has uh, been a real problem, uh, continuing to employ the old guard of the Edmonton Oilers just because they were there when the team was successful? And number two, do you think Ken Holland is the guy to right the ship in Edmonton? Well, I don't think you can ever have enough alumni guys around. I know, um, and I've never played Montreal, but I've been told the guys, the old guys from Montreal would come to games and be around, and and the players absolutely love that. Maybe they're not as hands-on as there's been a lot of ex-Oilers that kind of got their hands on things there, and for a long time, they, they really haven't had it going in the right direction, making the right moves. So I have no problem. And to your next question, like to me, I think having Ken come in, who he's done amazing job in Detroit for years. I think, you know, they've made the playoffs there forever. They missed it, you know, a year or two in a row. But I mean, uh, he's done just an, uh, an awesome job there. He surrounded himself with the right people and has done, you know, what what you'd expect from a general manager. You know, to me, the amount of first-round draft choices and the direction the Edmonton Oilers have gone over the last 10 years is done. They've they've had two or three, probably three, first-round overall picks next to Connor McDavid. Like, when you give away Taylor Hall and not get a number one defenseman or a number one goalie, to me, I just don't get it. When when you're building a team, you need your big centerman. They have it, a big number one defenseman and a goalie. And other than McDavid, that's all they've had. They've had some skill up front, nothing behind them. And uh, to me, I just, with all the, the guys that have been here before, one Stanley Cups, you know, their goalie has always been a backbone. As much as, you know, you want to, look at maybe Grant Pierce stats in the playoffs, there wasn't a better goalie to ever play the game than him. He was unbelievable because he gets, you know, four or five, two on one, three on one during the game. And, and in Edmonton, the, the idea was we're going to beat you uh, seven, five or eight, six, something like that. They're just going to outscore you because they had the scoring power. Trust me, that guy was unbelievable in goal. And, and everybody knows to be successful, you need a great goalie. They've never had that. Where's your big defenseman? After Pronger, when they had Pronger there, what did they do when he was there? They went to the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, they, they haven't had a, a number one defenseman, probably not even the number two defenseman uh, in the last 10 years. So I don't know. To me, I, I just think Ken will come in. And, and trust me, it's going to be a tough haul for him. But, I mean, get get it going in the right direction. Start putting the right pieces together. First and foremost is your coach uh, and, and that staff. 
you know, he scouted before, so he understands that part. You know, have his hand on that too. So it's like they need change. So they got it. They got an outside person that's going to come in and hopefully has free will to do whatever he wants and just let him do it. Bernie, I, I told you that I'd only keep you for the time that we discussed and we're coming up on that. So I'm a man of my word, but I have one, one more question to ask you. And right. that is simply this. As Chris is a bona fide Edmonton Oiler fan, I am a bona fide Vegas Golden Knight fan. I have a place in Las Vegas. You're really just, upset. I well, and that's what I'm getting at. And uh, I All was right. down there. I can help you out there. I was down there with uh, during the San Jose series, and um, I was at uh, Game Six, which I unfortunately we didn't win. But I'm talking about Game Seven in San Jose, and it was funny earlier today. Joe Pavelski, who happens to be, he was born. 30 miles from my hometown in the state of Wisconsin. And you don't know many, uh, obviously, old Wisconsin Badgers from the days when Chelios and the boys were at the University That's of Wisconsin. Right. But uh, Tony Granado, another one, who's now the head coach there. Gary but Suter. Pa- exactly. Right. Joe Pavelski came out today and said, in regard to the questionable five-minute major in the third period with Vegas leading 3 nothing against San Jose, the referees call it a five-minute major, and I don't remember who the offender was for the Vegas Golden Knights, but on that five-minute major, they, don't, they not only eradicate the whole 3 nothing lead, they go on and win the game 4-3, to three, but 5-3, to th- whatever it was, it doesn't matter. They didn't, yeah. they didn't win. 5-4. Five, 5-4, four. Five, four, right. okay. But it was 3 nothing when they went into the five-minute major. I, I got two-part question. What was your what was your feeling uh, on that call? And second of all, and this is more of my statement, but I had never seen uh, Fleury lose his composure, or he just—I don't know what it was. He wasn't the same as soon as that five-minute major was handed down. But I guess I'm more interested on your feeling as to should that penalty have been called? Should it have been a minor? Uh, what was your feeling? Because I believe, obviously, that call changed the focus and obviously changed the outcome of that series for the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. Uh, Joe has also come out maybe three or four days ago, a week ago, and he himself said that shouldn't even been a penalty, yeah, which it go. shouldn't have been. As a centerman, we do that all the time. You, <laughs> you lose the draw, you're fighting. No, we do. He cross-checked him in the chest. Right. Not in the head, you know, uh, you know, he didn't whack them. That, that happens all the time right. uh, as a sentiment. And, and if you look at both sides of the, the review on the, the face off, neither one of the referees had their hand up because, Correct. you know, what happened should never have taken place. Like it, it should never like I'm just absolutely dumbfounded in today's technology. We have review this and that. My thought is, first and foremost, the person who ended up deciding that it should be a major, I know both referees were uh, taken off the rest of the playoffs. Right. That's, that's not good enough for me that they caused a team. In my opinion, they were the best team left to win the Stanley cup. Absolutely. So, so to me, you know, you got, you got replay. So the four of them got together. No one's seen anything. So I go to the I go to the phone. I call 
uh, Mike Murphy in, in Toronto call the office or like the war room. I go, boys, look, none of us seen this. There's a kid laying on the ice. He's cut. I need to know what happened because if, if this guy stuck him, I'm throwing him out. I'm wheeling him, but none of us seen it. So I can't, I can't give him a penalty. That's what a good referee would have done, but they didn't do that. The guy's cut. So one referee is going to play hero, which, you know, he, he's going to call something he didn't see. He, he's seen a push up. So just assuming, I guess he must have cross-checked him in the head. So I'm giving a five minutes for cross-check him in the head. How you can ever make that call. Like there's calls through in the name, like in every sport, there's penalties that aren't called. You know, you give a little guy a little whack, you look around, you cross-check a guy, whatever. Right. But you, and, and that's, that they miss those. That's fine. You could miss calls, but you can't make up calls. And what this guy did, whoever made that decision, not only cost the team, that team, a chance to win, obviously that series, but to, to win the Stanley Cup. And, and he took that away from guys. And it's just dumbfounding to me that this guy still has a job if he does, because, you know, and a lot of people were saying, fans were saying, well, you know, thank God they tied it up because that got the referees up. No, absolutely. It didn't. It did not. And I'll go to your, your second question with flurry and the team. They were in such control of that game. It's three, nothing with 12 minutes to go in the game. The game's over San Jose. They're not in the game. Vegas is all over them. Flurry's playing out of his mind. Okay. This penalty comes. You, you look at the goals that were scored. Flurry wasn't the blame for any of them. That's true. First one was tipped right off the bat. Then Couture, he roofs one from the top of this, like the hash mark. Mm -hmm. No goalie stopping that, right? Like, and it snowballs. A team gets on a roll. I, I played for a team one time, LA. We're losing five nothing with 12 minutes to go in the game. Gary Younger took a five minute major. We scored two goals, but then we scored another one with about six minutes to go, pulled the goalie and scored two more and win that in overtime. We were we shouldn't have even been in the game, but we got the momentum going and we were down five goals. Right. And we came back. So people were saying, well, you know. And I'm, I know what the referee's thinking, too. He's going, okay, they're down three. You know, I'm going to give this guy a penalty. They're not going to, you know, they may score one goal or something. Like, he's just asking what he's thinking or, or however he come up with that anyways. But, you know, the momentum got going. And, and there was nothing that the team could do. But everybody knows sports. When you get the momentum going, you know, how does, how does New England Patriots come back? They're down 28 to three, you know, over yeah. Atlanta in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Once they got going, you know it they couldn't be stopped. When 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 yeah, when New England won the the coin toss in overtime, game's over because they can't stop them. They're just they're just rolling, and and that's all sports, and and that's what happened there. Flurry played great, and Flurry was he was out of his mind the whole series and that that whole game. But once that momentum going, they scored five seconds into it, and now the place is going nuts. The players are. You know, they're all rallying around Joe, which all good teams and players will. They all love him. But, I mean, San Jose had – or Vegas could, could do nothing with them. They're, they're, you got to remember, San Jose's power play for years has been top five, top three in the whole league. They, they have an amazing power play. Even though they hadn't scored, 
you know, maybe in the previous 20 or, or whatever, doesn't matter. Right. Once, once a, it's like a, a goal score when they get in a slump, right? They haven't scored in 10 games. You shoot the puck off my ass. Mm-hmm. I'm like Wayne Gretzky from there on in. I, you know, your confidence <laughs> is back. It is. It, it's amazing how it turns on a dime. And that's what happened with that great power play. They just, because, it, and a lot of people wouldn't notice this, but some of the goals they scored, they tried the same plays earlier in the game. They just didn't connect. Like that one, the, the goal that Couture scored on the side, they did the exact same play earlier and it, it didn't work. The tip that they scored the first goal, they'd done that exact same play. It didn't work. So they, they had all these set plays that are great plays. And, and once they got it going, it went and, and not a thing they can do about it. But to me, it, it's a black eye for the league. You feel devastated for the kids here. And, and trust me, I, I played for San Jose. I, I have friends up there. I have uh, some of their teammates I know real well, and you just love them to death. But right. as a hockey fan, you know, what happened to uh, Vegas is devastating. You, you, it's unacceptable. And, not enough being done about it. And like I said, we have, we have replay. Official uh, should do that. You know, like he has to, you have to make the proper call. You, you can't make up a call, which he did. Mm-hmm. And it caused the team potential winning the Stanley cup. And some of these guys won't be back next year with the same team. You know, to me, it's just devastating. Well, I tell you, uh, just one last uh, comment, the acquisition that George McPhee made, bringing Mark Stone in from Ottawa was a huge difference maker. And I would have loved to have seen that team, you know, with him as a, as a, a huge component of that lineup moving forward in the playoffs, that would have been fun to watch. Well, I'm thinking, you know, they'll, but hopefully they'll all be back next year. Pacioretty and um, the kid at center there, they're all new. That whole line, that whole second line, well, to me, it's their first line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, amazing. And and they'll all be there. Stone, like you said, what a great deal that was. And they signed him long-term. They know his value. But, you know, hopefully Flurry, one more year, he'll he'll still be fine. And, and that defense, if they, you know, keep it going and maybe add to it, they're going to be – they're a great team. And uh, hopefully the core of the team stays. Hopefully they can get them all signed. But that's going to be a good team for a long time, I think. That is the voice of former three-time National Hockey League All-Star Bernie Nichols. And Chris and I here at Unscripted would love for you and and invite all of our listeners out there on Unscripted to visit uh, Bernie's website at www.allsportsmarket.com. Check out Bernie's newest business venture. It really is unbelievable, folks. I have done it. It's not gambling, it's investing in your team. And I have invested in the Green Bay Packers. We took a bit of an ass-kicking last year, but now we're looking for bigger and better things in 2019. Bernie, thank you very much for this. Unbelievable, your patience and and, uh, just unbelievable class. We thank you very much and look forward to doing it uh, down the line and talk again about all sports market with yourself and with members of your staff. Our phone lines are open for you anytime, my friend. I appreciate the time. It was a lot of fun and look forward to doing it again. That is the voice of Bernie Nichols here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris.